1: A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. Welcome back. Today's episode is brought to you by WaterwaysTravel.com, surfing's premier travel concierge service. Since 1994, Sean Murphy has been traveling to the best surf spots on the planet to foster relationships with hotel owners, restaurants, boat captains, photographers, all to simplify and streamline the traveling process for you and I. And by the way, back through the heyday of the magazines and the brands, Waterways was responsible for organizing so many of the pro surf trips that I fawned over in those magazines' pages. And then now, through COVID and post-COVID, they've continued to adapt and modify their protocols to be up to date, in constant contact with local governments, to ensure that their clients are able to focus on surfing, rather than the minutia that bogs down everyone else's travel experience. So start out by going to waterwaystravel.com, click on the Destinations tab, and start fantasizing. But when you figure out your priority, hit the Inquire button. Somebody from Waterways will be in contact with you to give you all of the intel that you need. Tidal conditions, swell forecasts, what type of waves to expect, which boards to bring, how to pack, everything. So these aren't just travel pros, they're lifelong surfers, which makes them invaluable for you and I. That's why I recommend them, It's why I use them. Waterwaystravel.com. Enjoy. The most prestigious surf event on the planet, named after the legendary lifeguard who was lost at sea, was just won by an on-duty lifeguard during his work breaks.
0: Super scary. Waves were huge. There's a dream come true to be a part of the Eddie, to just be on the alternate list and then to be in it. And I can't believe it, looking crazy.
1: Talking about some of these waves, you got Ten, a couple nines, and
0: then I think another ten out there. You're in tune like no other. <laughs> Tell me about your experience out there. Well, I can't believe it. It's it's surreal. It's a dream come true. And uh, I got to get back to the tower. And anyway. like Eddie I Cow,
1: who's a lifeguard here. How does it feel like to almost completely follow in his footsteps? I'll never be as good as Eddie, but check check there's, uh, someone to look up to chance. and
0: try to. Someone so I aspire to be like. And, yeah. I gotta get back to the tower to make sure everyone's okay and until the end the of the day. To the Lillian work doesn't get done. Still got a job Check to do. Yeah.
1: Congratulations on becoming the and oh, big yes. wave champion. Congratulations, dude. Oh.
0: Thanks, Chris. I can't believe that. That's. I can't believe that's it. true. Yeah, look. Oh. <laughs> yeah, look. <laughs>
1: On Sunday, January 22nd, just as forecasted, the Eddie ICAO Big Wave Invitational took place in 30-foot surf at Waimea Bay on the north shore of Oahu. It was the 10th time that this event has taken place since its inception 37 years ago. The event is scheduled every year, but only runs when the surf is big enough. The last time it ran was in 2016 when two-time world champ John John Florence took the title. It is arguably the most prestigious surf event in the world. It is invite only, 40 surfers are invited, and this year it was an open field of men and women, ages ranging from 27 to 65. The event's namesake, Eddie Aikau, is the reason for and the spirit of the event. The legend of Eddie Aikau is an important part of Hawaiian culture well beyond surfing. Eddie Aikau was a championship athlete, a family man, and the definition of a waterman. He was not only the first lifeguard at waimea bay he was the first lifeguard for the entire north shore he is attributed with saving over 500 people throughout his career and eddie would surf the biggest days at waimea when no one else would go out then in march of 1978 while aboard the double-hulled voyaging canoe the hokulea the boat developed a leak and one of its hulls capsized Eddie attempted a 12-mile paddle toward the island of Lanai to seek help, but was never seen again. His family holds the Eddie Aikau Invitational at Waimea to keep his legacy alive and to inspire us to live like Eddie did, in the service of others. Well, this past Sunday, during the biggest and best Eddie Swell that we have seen since the event's inception, another Hawaiian lifeguard woke up for work and during his breaks, while on duty, surfed two nearly perfect heats and won the event. He accepted the award from Eddie Aikau's brother Clyde, then went back and finished his work day. My name is David Scales for Surf Splendor and this is his story. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Luke Shepherdson. Hey David, how are you?
0: I'm doing good.
1: Great to finally connect.
0: Yeah, sorry, it's been just a whirlwind of things going on. <laughs> That's
1: so good though. How how's your life changed in this past week?
0: Um, a uh, lot more uh, media and interviews than I've ever done in my life in this last week. <laughs> But other than that, still the same old me.
1: Nice. Has, have there been any uh, big ones like outside of the surf industry?
0: Yeah, I did an interview with uh, NBC Nightly News in New York, I believe they are.
1: We watched that show, actually.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. when it's gonna air, but should be out soon.
1: Um, first of all, I mean, congrats. It goes without saying, but hugest congrats in the world.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. We have our surf heroes and it's great to see when our heroes win, but this feels like we won. This feels like I won to a certain degree. So it's like the every man story is just amazing.
0: That's really cool to hear.
1: Yeah, it really does feel like, even though I had very little exposure to you prior, I think I remember that 10 you got at that pipe event. Was it in the trials?
0: Yes, it was in the pipe trials. Okay.
1: Okay. And uh, and then I remember the following year, that story of you uh, making the paddle out at Waimea when guys like Kelly and Ross and maybe even John John got washed in. Um, I
0: don't think John surfed Waimea that day. I think he was at a different Outer Reef. Okay. But it was, I think it was Kelly and Ross and I forget who else was right there. Okay. Kelly bet me a plate lunch that I wouldn't make it out and then I did.
1: <laughs> and he didn't make it?
0: uh he had just gotten washed in he's like i don't know if you can time it right I'll, bet, I'll get i'll buy you a plate lunch if you make it out
1: did he ever make good on that bet
0: um <laughs> to be honest i never got a plate lunch from him but Ross Williams gave me 20 bucks for a plate lunch
1: <laughs> fair enough fair enough hopefully he paid back Ross yeah yeah so those again those are the first two times i really remember seeing you and um so whenever your name pops up it's like oh those are my two reference points and I didn't even realize that you had been working as a lifeguard since. So um, I guess we'll get into the origin story and how you got into lifeguarding. But let's start with Sunday. Sunday morning, you woke up. Did you know that you'd be surfing that day or were you just planning to work? What was the story? Um, I
0: knew I was going to be surfing. I was an invitee. So I, uh, I was, had all my stuff ready, but I knew I had to work as well. And I knew it was going to be a really busy day, so we tried to get there early, but traffic was just crazy, crazy, crazy first thing in the morning. I drove down with my family, and we got to Foodland, and traffic was not moving, so I jumped out of the car and ran to Waimea from Foodland. It's only about a quarter of a mile or so, but it took her about a half an hour to move that quarter mile to get to the parking lot.
1: (laughs) Crazy. So what was your, uh, first of all, do you actually work at Waimea?
0: Um, I, I'm still one of the lower guys in the seniority list. So I don't have a set tower. Okay. I kind of just move all around on the North shore still.
1: Got it. So what was your schedule that day? Where were you supposed to be working and how are you going to fit in your heats?
0: The captain told me about four or five days before to work my man. Cause he knew it was going to be big. And I guess he trusts me to be at the beaches when they're big. Um, and then. Once I knew that the contest was going to run, I talked to my captain. I was like, oh, I need to make it legit. So I had to use uh, my vacation leave hours, a few vacation leave hours, so that I wasn't surfing on the city time. I was surfing on my own time.
1: And were you working in between your heats?
0: Yeah. I don't know if you've seen some of the accidents that happened, but there was two surfers that got pretty bad cuts, and I was there to get the gauze on them, stop the bleeding, and then get them to, uh, a higher level of medical attention for them to be, uh, treated. And then there's a few, there's a couple rescues, people getting washed into the river. And then there's a few big sets on the left side of the bay. People like huge waves coming up and washing through the crowd and then hitting the rocks and like making a backwash wave and almost trying to suck people into the shore break. Um, yeah, it was quite a busy day
1: how do you focus on an event while you're doing all of that?
0: I think it was a good thing that I was working because I wasn't so focused on the event. I'm not a very good contest surfer. I get all the butterflies and nervous and what are they doing? What am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? This and that. And since I was at work, it was kind of just like any other big day where I would work. And then on my break, I go surf. And then, so it kind of kept my mind off of the competing aspect of, the contest and just there to enjoy it and have fun
1: watching the event and even the replays you were clearly on the bigger cleaner waves that day what was your strategy at the start of the event and then how did you execute it
0: Uh, my strategy was to have fun and be safe because the waves were very dangerous that day Um, I do have my lineups that I like to sit at that I am comfortable sitting at and there's a certain look to waves that I like to go on. They give you a nice entry in and hopefully they're smoother on the face (laughs) and it just seemed to work out in my advantage and yeah.
1: It seems like the other guys out in the lineup know that spot really really well and they'd be looking for those waves as well. Were you sitting deeper out than any of them or what
0: I was actually sitting a little wider on the shoulder. I think everyone was really trying to like push the limits that day. Cause where I sit, I feel like I'm somewhat deep. Everyone was way deeper than I was. And I was like, I hope it doesn't look bad for the beach. Like I'm sitting on the shoulder or something, but uh, it worked in my favor.
1: (laughs) Is it like maybe only on the bigger days like that, that those wide ones actually come or.
0: yeah, it's it's not necessarily that it's that much wider it's just uh when it is bigger there is like a there's a new there's like the main boil when it's the 20 foot size but then when it does go to the 20 to 25 foot size there's a, another boil that's just a little bit farther out and not quite as deep as the main boil but it's still right like it's a good entry line
1: Can you talk about your familiarity with Waimea? How long have you been surfing it? How many times a year do you surf it? All that sort of stuff.
0: Um, Yeah, I surf Waimea fairly regularly. Uh, I mean, as regular as we get big swells, which is not all the time, but when we do, um, um, I don't really like to surf it in the 15 foot size because it is so crowded and that makes it that much more dangerous. I like to go to other places when it's around that size, but when it is the 15 to 20 foot size, then it starts to kind of thin out the crowd. You can just paddle right out in a huge channel to get out when it's that size. You have to know what you're doing a little bit, which helps the crowd out. Um, So whenever it's that size, I'm pretty much always out there. Um, The first time I surfed Waimea, I was 13, I believe, 13 or 14. Wow. And was on a 9-4 single
1: fin. Tell me about the board you were riding on Sunday.
0: On Sunday, I was riding a 10 four fin. It's a super brand board. I was sponsored by them for a few years. The board is about five years old, maybe six years old. But um, I'm not exactly sure who the shaper is. But mm-hmm. one of the people that were under Superbrand
1: right yeah that board looks like it's been ridden a lot
0: yeah it's one of my go-tos when it gets big big wave boards are a little different they're glass heavier they're made a little stronger because the waves are will break them to pieces if they're not so they seem to last as long as they don't break or buckle they, gotcha. they're in good shape
1: <laughs> gotcha Back to the course of the day, how did you celebrate that night after you found out that you won? What did you do that evening?
0: Um, I went home and ate some pizza and went to sleep. I was work. (laughs) It was a long day for me.
1: (laughs) And you had work the next day, right?
0: Yep, back to work the next day. It is definitely starting to sink in now. Um, My dad's birthday was actually the next day. So we went out uh, Wednesday yeah, Wednesday night, because I was off the following day. And we had a birthday dinner, a little celebration dinner with me, just my family. And we went to Ahilimo and Haleva and had some really good food. And it was really good.
1: The most poignant element of this story is the fact that you are a lifeguard. And obviously, Eddie uh, was a lifeguard at Waimea Bay, the first lifeguard on the North Shore. Do you know the Aikau family personally? Um,
0: yes, I'm good friends with Ha'ai Kao Uncle Clyde's son. I'm too young to know Eddie personally, but I've heard the stories my whole childhood growing up from being the first lifeguard at Waimea Bay to having kind of a perfect record as what I've heard, never lost a life while he was on duty. Yeah, it's really, really inspiring.
1: Where did you grow up?
0: Uh, born and raised here on the North Shore. Moved all around here on the North Shore
1: how did your family end up there?
0: My dad kind of, he was into surfing. He lived, uh, his, my grandparents are from, um, Southern California. They're from like inland Southern California, Alpine area, Alpine and Corona. Um, Uh, He loved body surfing and longboarding, and he would always go to the the wedge when he was little. And then when he was, I think he was 18 or so, he got a one-way ticket here with 50 bucks and hasn't left since.
1: (laughs) What year or what uh, decade would that have been?
0: Yeah, early 70s. My mom came here on a she came here for like some sort of vacation and then she came back on her own and then ended up meeting my dad and a real funny story, kind of like uh, what also inspired me to be a lifeguard is I wouldn't be here today without a lifeguard. He, uh... my dad had met my mom at kind of just like a passing by. And then the next day my dad went out to surf to handboard rock piles, body surf rock piles, pretty good sized day he says and he was uh went down pretty hard knocked unconscious and one of the lifeguards at rock piles pulled him out and saved his life if if it wasn't for that lifeguard he'd be dead
1: oh my gosh
0: and then after that he was all laid up at home after being in the hospital and he ended up calling my mom like he had just met her and hey you want to come help me out and hang out and then that's how it happened
1: (laughs) so their first date was her nursing him back to health
0: yeah (laughs)
1: it's a great quality um so when you were growing up on the north shore then did you have ambitions to be a pro surfer
0: yes for sure i think every little kid surfing out here does it didn't work out so well for me but why not um Because I wasn't the best competitive surfer. And then Mm -hmm. when I had my first child, I knew I needed something solid and something that so I could provide for my family. So I decided lifeguarding was an easy choice. Get to uh, continue my lifestyle of being on the beach and being able to be in the water and then also provide for my family. So I was like, that's what I want to do. And I like to help people. So that that worked out really good.
1: When was that? When did you have the kid and when did you start lifeguarding
0: my first son was born in 28 late 2018 and i started lifeguarding in january of
1: 2019 gotcha um can you explain how water safety works for these events is hawaiian water patrol the same as the north shore lifeguards or are there hired drivers and rescue crews that are not professional lifeguards
0: um most of the hawaiian water patrol were are either lifeguards or former lifeguards and they are the hired uh, water safety for, um, for the event. But then the lifeguards are also there as well on the rescue units and then us on the beach. So kind of work together as a team. The water safety is like the main uh, they're the first like the first skis that should be in there because they're hired for the event. When they get to shore, they kind of transfer care to us if someone is really injured and then we move it on to uh, the EMS and they're all really, really, really good watermen. Can't say enough good things about them. They are guardian angels in the water. They're like the top water safety crew in the world, I believe.
1: It's when you see it on the webcast, like the claw uh rescue during the Dahui event.
0: Yes, I was there for that. That's one of my best friends. And I was on that case. And it was really, really, really scary seeing one of my good friends be down like that.
1: When you watch the rescues, uh, the rescue effort, it's insane how good they are.
0: Yeah, it was such fast reaction timing. It was like... Really, really, really good.
1: Yeah. Take a
0: second, that's yeah. one of the senators is here, or someone in the state thing is here to give me a thing. He's just dropping off a thing real fast.
1: Take your time, I'll edit it
0: out. Okay. Hello,
1: RealWatersports.com. For any of you inspired by Luke who want to get into the big wave scene but just don't really have a starting point, consider realwatersports.com. Not only do they have surfboards, they carry big wave guns from Pizel Christensen, Rawson, Maurice, Coles, So right up there among the world's best big wave paddle gun shapers but they also have everything that you need to go with that board. So Quicksilver Airlift Vests, Patagonia Impact Suits, Full Deck Traction from MFC. Seen a lot of those guys, John John included, running Full Deck Traction. Uh, Real Water Sports also has big wave leashes and fins. They have travel bags to fit those gigantic boards, which of course you'll need if you wanna run a strike mission to catch that next big swell. Additionally, as with all of their gear, RealWaterSports provides advice on which gear is right for you and how big you should go for your next big wave board. The inventory is unmatched, and the advice and customer service is totally unparalleled. So RealWaterSports.com, shipping worldwide daily. Fantastic partners of ours here, so we're thrilled to be able to share them with you. RealWaterSports.com. Thanks and enjoy. Free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owners' racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Well, you guys? You? Hey, that, hey. uh,
0: <laughs> Sorry, uh, thank you for letting us take up that time.
1: All good. No sweat. <laughs> okay,
0: thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we're good to go. <laughs> all right. Um, we were just talking about Kalah and his rescue and injury. How's yes. he doing?
0: Um, Kala's doing really good. He's uh he's on the road to on the mend. Uh he is he's a really strong, really, really strong, good hearted person, and his body's reacting really well to all the crazy trauma that he's had, but he is he's doing good.
1: What was the injury, or what were the injuries? Um,
0: He drowned, so he had a lot of water and sand in his lungs, and then he had quite a few pretty bad cuts on his face from hitting whatever he hit, either the board or the reef. But yeah, that was the main injuries, was lung and face.
1: It looked like his helmet came off from the wipeout on the wave, and then maybe the worst part of it came from the duck dive. Is that accurate?
0: Yeah, so when he fell on the wave that he was riding, his uh, helmet came off, but he came up and he gave Nolan the all good signal, like tap your head if, if you're ever in trouble or if you're ever in a bad situation, but you're okay, you can tap your head and the water safety knows you're all good. So he came up from that wave, did the all good signal, went under the next wave, went to duck dive the next wave and came up and broke his board. And then that one, he waved for help. I'm not sure if he was hurt then, or if it was just because he broke his board and he wanted to get in to get another board to get back to the heat. And then the third wave, another surfer went off, uh, took off the road, but that one was a pretty heavy closeout as well. And then that wave, Kalaw never came up from. And that's really, really, really scary
1: what's scary is to see how capable and how fit he is and for him still to be put in that situation or for you, the day you won at the end of the day, when you're accepting the award saying how scared you were because I would be scared, but I see you guys and I'm like, I think that you're invincible, you know? So it's a quick reminder.
0: Yeah. You definitely cannot think that when you're in the ocean, mother nature will slap you down as always got to be humble and respectful and never pushing too hard or else you will end up in a bad situation.
1: So Kala should make a full recovery then? Yes, he should. Good. Can I ask you a little bit about what that guy, I overheard some of that conversation. He was saying that there was some bill or something that changed that makes lifeguards liable.
0: Yes. Yeah, so so- in, 20, in 2017, I'm not sure what happened for it to be taken away, but so the lifeguards before were covered And if you rescued somebody and they think, oh, you didn't do a good job, they could, they would, if they tried to sue you, they would have to sue the state or the city and county. In 2017, that bill was removed, so all the lifeguards became liable. If you did a rescue and the person didn't think you did a good enough job, they could sue you directly and take everything you had um I'm not sure if that actually ever happened, but okay, is reintroducing the bill to get us our liability protection back. That way, we're not liable for not having to worry about people's families coming after us directly for they think if they think we didn't do a good enough job.
1: That's insane that that would have gotten taken away.
0: Yeah, it's crazy that that happened, but it did, and really thankful that Brenton always. Uh, trying to reintroduce the bill hopefully the senate and state will pass it back through and get it back to keeping us covered
1: yeah let this be a psa for anybody who's listening or within Hawaii and can vote on this to get behind that effort because people are so litigious even if you did a phenomenal job and you rescue them people are they can sue still for anything so yeah
0: yeah it's really really strange
1: scary uh well let's talk a little bit about it seems to me like The biggest threat for you doing your job, lifeguarding, the biggest threat is people themselves, ignorant people who underestimate the power of the ocean, basically. And there's so many new surfers post-COVID that we're seeing havoc in lineups around the world. Um,
0: That's a joke we have in the towers, the COVID surfer.
1: Totally. It's a real thing.
0: They learn during COVID and they think they're ready to rule.
1: (laughs) Well, look, I've surfed for 30 years. I know my limitations. I would not even think about paddling out at pipe when it's, you know, anywhere near legit, but there was a video, there was an Epic video last year of a couple of of guys.
0: One of my coworkers snapping at some guys. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it was. And, but it was perfect. It was like two guys who just by looking at the video, you could tell that they're not equipped to surf or was it at pipe?
0: It was at pipe. It was about an eight foot, like a proper day at pipeline. And they were going to paddle out on some nine foot NSPs or eight, six NSPs, which is everybody knows is not the board to have out there.
1: (laughs) No. And so it was very clear that they were not qualified to be out there. And so your friend, the lifeguard was telling them very matter of factly that they weren't qualified. I was just, my question for you is just what is the official policy? When you see somebody paddling out that, you know, isn't qualified, what is the policy for how to handle that?
0: Uh, We try to uh, inform them of the risks and the dangers, and we let them know that, hey, you're not only putting yourself in serious danger, but you're going to put me in serious danger because I'm the one that has to come and save you. And I would really appreciate it if you don't put me in that position because I'm here to warn you of it before you get there because we don't want to have to get to CPR on somebody that is like we that's what we really really try to prevent and that does happen accidents do happen like the best surfers in the world totally some accidents accidents happen it's it's bound to and with like the game we play it's very heavy um but yeah the Ignorant or macho ego filled surfer that wants to go to the cool place because it is that place and I can surf it, but they really know they can't. They're not only putting themselves in danger, they're putting everybody else in the lineup in danger. And they're also putting the lifeguards in danger because we're going to have to be the ones to come save them.
1: Exactly. Have you had to have that conversation with people? Telling them that they're not qualified?
0: Uh, quite a few times, yeah. Most of the time it goes pretty good. And people, they're just kind of clueless to like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go somewhere else. But then there is the person that is has a real big ego and thinks that they're bigger than life and they can do whatever they want. That's the hard people to deal with.
1: <laughs> Have you ever had that situation happen? and then that person need to be rescued
0: yes not necessarily for surfers but just telling like swimmers like hey this is not the area to swim we'll recommend a different beach you can go here or there and then you turn around 10 minutes later you look out you're like oh my gosh got to go grab this person now they get stuck in the rip or they get sucked out past the waves and they can't get in they're screaming
1: for help Uh, in that scenario were they then humbled by the time you got them to the beach and apologetic
0: yes for sure good they realized that like we weren't just doing it to be mean that it was we were serious about it (laughs)
1: localism used to control a lot of that chaos you know what i mean and now it's like there's no localism creating order in the li- lineup or the threat of localism creating order in the lineup so it really feels like a free-for-all which puts the onus on the lifeguards unfortunately you know
0: yeah there still is a little bit but with this day and age of social media and everything is filmed and captured at some point somewhere somehow a lot of people don't want to risk their risk their careers to keep it in order and then that person comes and sues them and takes everything they have exactly a lot of those people out there that are just ready at any moment that they can do whatever they want and if somebody messes with them they're going to sue
1: them. totally yeah let's talk about fitness what do you do in order to uh remain capable to do the surfing that you do and the lifeguarding
0: um yeah so every lifeguard shift we have, we have a lunch break and a, uh, either water patrol or training bake. So on one of my breaks, I'll do some kind of either go surf or do a little beach workout or something, run the beach or, um, do stuff like that. And then in winter, in summertime, it's more so training for winter and then wintertime, it's just, surfing and staying in active like keeping an active lifestyle that way it keeps up because it's hard to it's hard to walk away from waves to go train
1: (laughs) totally so are you actually spending time in the gym doing any weight training or anything like that
0: um i don't necessarily do so much weights i do every once in a while i like to do jujitsu it's a really good uh mental game because being in the ocean is yes it's a lot of physical strength or like physical conditioning and stuff that you need for that but you also need the mental side as well because some of the most fit people i've seen in the world struggle in the tiniest waves because they don't have the mental and they don't know what is they don't have the knowledge and the mental uh awareness of what's going on and then they when you panic in the ocean that's when things go really bad
1: yeah what about diet is there anything that you avoid anything you avoid in your diet
0: um I try to eat a somewhat healthy I I don't really do much fast food or anything like that I I do like my steak and potatoes steak and rice and salad and fish and uh just a fairly healthy diet Just stay away from the fast as much as I can, unless I'm on the road traveling, then do what I have to do to eat.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, You're 27, right? Yes. You'll have to worry more about diet 10 years from now than you do at the moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right now I try to eat as much as I can to put on weight and it's just not happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, What are you going to do with the airline miles (laughs) and the 10K?
0: Um, I'm going to take the family to go see our grandparents in California. Nice. Yeah. That's
1: a great usage. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Really stoked on that. I've been trying to figure out how to do that. And now I got the the free flights and money to go see the grandparents and have a little bit of fun in California.
1: (laughs) Amazing. I'm, I thought for sure you were going to say surf trip, but I like that answer better.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now I got to, now I got to figure out how to get some time off of work.
1: Um have you had any exciting opportunities since Sunday?
0: Um, yeah, there is some things happening. Uh it's there's a lot going on. I'm still trying to process it all, but there is some cool things happening. I see how they play out.
1: Have you received an invite to surf in the Pipe Pro? I have not yet. Dude, it's such a failure if they don't invite you. You earned it.
0: Yeah, I really would love to surf in the pipe contest because I love surfing Pipeline, but I really hate the crowd. (laughs) Yeah, the the wave is dangerous enough as it is, and then when you have to get extra aggressive to get your own wave, it makes it even that much harder. But surfing pipe with only three other guys out is a lot of fun. It's still scary, but it's a lot of fun.
1: The WSL will be blowing it if they don't invite you. Like not only, I mean, I understand like they don't even acknowledge the Eddie because it's not their thing that they're sanctioning, sanctioning, but you got a 10 in an event that they were running, you know, like you've earned your way. They know who you are. They know what you're up to. I think that they should absolutely capitalize on this and invite you and give you a shot.
0: Yeah, I would definitely take it if i can get the the time off to surf the contest
1: (laughs) um the uh i know you can't exactly reveal exciting opportunities that have presented themselves but are any of them directly related to maybe a pro surfing career
0: um i'm not quite sure yet because i am not really interested in chasing the contest scene as i said before it doesn't it's not i'm not the best contest surfer it doesn't it's not why i surf to compete i surf for the love of it to have fun and enjoy myself and competing kind of takes that out of surfing for me yeah so i mean we'll have to see what opportunities what happens and the way it goes but if they're looking if the things are looking for me to try be on back on the tour and competing and all that stuff uh probably say no but yeah yeah i got to do what's best for my family and provide as best as possible
1: (laughs) if there was a sponsor that presented themselves that did not require you you to compete but allowed you to just free surf would you consider putting your lifeguarding career on hold to pursue that um
0: it depends if it pays the bills and takes care of my family for sure (laughs) yeah
1: yeah good so you would take it take another shot at pro surfing if the circumstance was correct
0: yeah the life lifeguarding will always be here. Uh, it's what I love to do, and I'd be foolish not to take an opportunity like that if if it does present itself.
1: Good. I, and the other thing is your bosses, everybody, everybody in Hawaii would fully understand and support it. I feel. you know
0: I think so too. <laughs> um,
1: I've seen some stuff on social media about people wanting to kind of go fund me some cash uh to make up for the prize purse you know when john john won in 2016 it was a $75,000 prize purse this year there's not a big sponsor for the event so it's considerably yep. less but there's online talk about go fund me will cover the delta um how do you feel about that
0: um i am very grateful for what i received i'm super grateful for the i HANA to actually raise enough funds to uh to even put on the contest because it is such a big ordeal with what it does to the north shore and the security and the scaffolding and all that stuff that they had to put on so i'm super grateful for all that um but i don't want people to take their hard-earned money that they've worked give it to me
1: i i hear you loud and clear um People want to support you. I feel like, and almost this is like a learning experience. And I don't know if the iCows would, or the organizers of the event would consider it for next time, but for next time, they could even say in advance, if you're interested, throw 20 bucks into the pot and the winner takes all kind of a thing, you know, because a lot of the people that I talked to got so much thrill out of watching the event. They're like, dude, I would kick in some money. No questions asked, whether it's a pay-per-view or just a donation thing um it was a thrilling day of surfing and people want you to want you to benefit from it you know
0: yeah it always is uh the two that i can remember is 2009 and 2016 being a little kid is like it's the biggest day in surfing there is
1: (laughs) speaking of social media why did you delete instagram
0: um because i would get stuck on it and i too busy thinking of oh I could be here could be there and not so wasn't being as present with my kids as I needed to be so I I deleted it a few months ago a couple months ago I deleted it about a year ago for about three months and then I really needed to get a hold of one of my friends one of my international friends and the only way I knew how to do it was through Instagram so I reactivated it and then I was Got in touch with him and then I got sucked back into the Instagram rabbit hole. (laughs)
1: Um, I know I used to follow you. And so when you won and I tried to search for you and you were gone, the fact that you deleted it made me love you even more. (laughs) Because I was like, dude, you're killing it. You're killing life. We all want to delete it. We're just so attached that we can't. And so the fact that you did makes me love it even more.
0: Yeah, I'm trying... Uh, with all the stuff that's going on right now, there's so many people reaching out to friends or relatives or the Lifeguard Association or the iCal Foundation trying to get a hold of me. My girlfriend might be making an Instagram account with an email and stuff to get a hold of me, but I won't not be running it or going on it. But it's just a way to contact me if people need to get a hold.
1: <laughs> well, I encourage you to keep living the exact same lifestyle you have. Do not let this change you in any way. But if you can implement a manager, whether it's your girlfriend or an actual professional, uh, I really hope that you're able to leverage this to continue living the lifestyle that you are.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, that that would be really, really cool.
1: <laughs> Whose boards are you riding currently?
0: Um, currently, I just have all random old boards um at uh pipes about a month and a half ago i broke my only six four that i had and i actually broke my board and i came up and i was right next to griffin Pinto. i was like hey you have any boards you want to sell or donate and he donated a couple boards to me so i'm super grateful thanks griffin he's uh, he's the man
1: <laughs> that's amazing what a story
0: yeah, super cool. I was super stoked on that. It was like it was right after Christmas. So it was a it was a Christmas present. A
1: <laughs> couple of mayhems.
0: Yeah, I was super, super stoked on that.
1: So you don't have a specific shaper that you like working with? Um, no, I kinda
0: just uh there's a couple of local shapers, Brett Morimoto here on the North Shore, Brett Board Hawaii. Yeah, he shaped real good boards. That's who I bought a quiver from last year or the winter before I had that and those boards lasted about a year and then they're now broken <laughs> so but now that I got a little bit of money I'm gonna definitely order me a new a new quiver
1: <laughs> sweet what I loved about asking you if the lifeguarding was a distraction that day and you saying no it's actually helped so what could be a better almost uh qualification for surfing something like Waimea than lifeguarding and having ocean knowledge and ocean awareness and all that sort of stuff so it really does feel like the most equipped person (laughs) one day essentially
0: it was really cool I kept my mind off the contest and I wouldn't say I'm the most equipped I don't have the all the top of the line gear but I'm definitely there all the time so
1: (laughs) good Well, again, congratulations. I know you're super busy this week, so I appreciate you carving out the time to do this.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you again, David. Stoked to be on.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. And uh, hoping to see all of this stuff develop into a lot of opportunity for you too.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Me too. Uh, You're welcome.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. Enjoy the rest of the day with the family.
0: Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Okay. Bye.
1: Rick Blanchardy, Mayor of the City and County of Honolulu, you hereby proclaim January 25th, 2023 to be Luke Sheppardson Day. In in recognition of the inspiration and pride Luke provided, not only for surfers and lifeguards on Oahu, but also for his community, the rest of the city workforce, and spectators tuning in from around the world. Charging big waves takes courage, But doing so to save the life of a stranger takes heart. There's no question Betty would be proud. Congratulations! How incredible is that? January 25th now officially marks Luke Shepherdson Day. Congratulations, Luke, to you and your family for this incredible feat. Also, I mean, a massive thanks to the North Shore Lifeguards, the Hawaiian Lifeguard Association, and the Hawaiian Water Patrol for the incredible work that they do, not only in these events, but just day in and day out. A lot of that is thankless. I think when we watch the commentary, there is thanks shared, but I think the day in and the day out is probably mostly thankless. And uh, not only is it no small effort, but they're putting their lives at risk as well. So huge shout out to all of you, not only on the North Shore, but also around the world. No, um, we have lots of listeners in that space, so thank you all. We appreciate you. And you can find all of these—the um, video that goes with all these audio clips, including the interview with Luke Shepard—we have on YouTube. But find all of it on SurfSplendorPodcast.com. Every single show has its own web page where you can find video assets, links to sponsors, links to the social media of our guests like Luke. Which, by the way, I asked him why he deleted Instagram. He has since re-upped it he has activated it again so you can go find casual luke at casual luke on instagram or again we've linked to it on surf splendor podcast what a show what a week in surfing the uh wsl's pipeline event now dubbed the pipeline pro should be starting this week uh the waiting period is actually monday january 30th is when that kicks off so uh exciting stuff go watch that hopefully you join survival league in time and then um We'll discuss all of it on our various shows, Spit, The Grit, and everything else. So until next week, my name is David Scales for Surf Splendor and I'm encouraging you to get back into the ocean, share some waves, and as always, shred on.
0: Yeah, I would just like to thank the Ohana for putting on such a magical event. I would like to thank my family and friends for supporting me and everything that I do. Uh, I would like to thank Hawaiian Water Patrol for being there and, being the guardian angels, and also like to thank Ocean Safety for all the good work they do around the islands, keeping everyone safe. And uh, yeah, just thank you everybody. Thank thank everyone for the support and all the congratulations. It it means the world to me.